Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's so good to be with you today on this fine afternoon. we got a great show for you today. Later on, Hugh Ross is going to be with us. We're going to talk about science and natural disasters and uh, God's involvement in that. And you want to stay tuned for that at four o'clock. And uh, sometime around the sixth inning, the umpires are going to come over and uh, check out my ears. So uh, we'll record that for you. Not really. Did you see that in the game yesterday? They should have pulled a quarter out of his ear. That would have been fantastic. But they found nothing. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, never mind. Uh, this is Southern California Live. This hour, one of the, the, the great honor we have is we have the uh, owner and uh, president of In-N-Out Burger. Have you been In-N-Out lately? I was at a speaking, I was emceeing at a program last Saturday, and the first speaker, like 10 in the morning, mentioned In-N-Out, and I was distracted the rest of the day. I could not wait to get out of there and go get my double-double. And uh, so we're excited to have Lindsay Snyder with us and her husband, Sean, who is the co-founder of Slave to Nothing and uh, Army of Love, which are two foundations that In-N-Out has run, and they have a great event that I want to invite you to. So uh, Lindsay Snyder Ellingson is the owner and president of In-N-Out Burger. Her grandparents, Harry and Esther Snyder, founded In-N-Out Burger in 1948, and to this day, the business is still privately owned and operated, and it's always been a family business, and Lindsay intends to keep it that way. She's a devoted wife and proud mother of four children, and she is with us with her husband, Sean. Sean is the co-founder of Slave to Nothing, the Slave to Nothing Foundation, which helps those who are enslaved by any person or substance by empowering them to live free and also army of love that looks to act as an outstretched arm of the body of Christ to embrace people in need, direction, encouragement, prayer, and discipleship, and more. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. I want you to know that in uh, uh, on Saturday, October 15th, this weekend, October 15th, at the legendary House of Blues in Anaheim, there is a concert and that Slave to Nothing is put on, and I want to invite you to come to that. We'll talk about that here in just a moment, but first, let's welcome Lindsay and Sean. Uh, Ellingson, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. Hey, thank- <laughs> thanks, Scott. Thanks for joining me today. It's great to have you. And, uh, you know, my kids are 13 and 10, and they are big fans of uh, the great In-N-Out Burger. Aw. Well, we're, we're <laughs> customers. <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite thing to get at In-N-Out? Oh, gosh. Sean, you go first. <laughs> Uh, double, double, uh, no onion, extra toast, extra spread. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, my favorite is double meat, bread, pickle, mustard, chopped chilies only. Ah, uh, it's so good. Is that is there a secret, secret menu that, like, only the really inside in and out people have? Oh, I think uh, our associates get pretty creative. So, you know, our, our company picnics and events are really fun. We have uh, 
Lots of fun orders there. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Well, we're really uh, excited about uh, you being with us, uh, not just because of in and out and how delicious it is and fantastic it is, but mm-hmm. also, you know, for our audience, we I think a lot of people recognize that they're that in and out is a Christian organization that you know they see the verses on the bottom of the cup and they know that there's a Christian background, but maybe we aren't as familiar with the ministry that in and out does. You know, Lindsay, one of the things that when you uh, became uh, owner of the company that you included, that you expanded on, I guess, is the Bible verses that are on the packaging of In-N-Out things. John 3.16 is underneath the uh, the red cups, right? And But you've also added Proverbs 24.16, for the righteous will fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble. When calamity strikes, Luke 6.35, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Isaiah 9.6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You added those. Uh, what was the reason behind those verses being added? What, what caused you to pick those? Well, um, you know, some of it ties to what the product that they're on. So the um, the fry boat was the first one that um, I added, and just with my testimony and everything um, that my family's been through, that I've been through, that verse just to me um, spoke about perseverance, mm-hmm. and that as long as you um, you love the Lord, and and it reminded me of something my dad said, and it's that you might stumble, but you just you've got to get back up, and um, so that's that's kind of the tie with that verse, and just knowing that God is always in your corner to believe in you to get back up, and um, and I felt that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and then the holiday one um, that was our holiday cup. Um, that we did more recently that had the Isaiah 9-6 on it. And so, of course, with it being a holiday cup, you'd understand why it's talking about the birth of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, I whenever I'm at in and out I notice people all the time looking for those verses. So it's something that people, I think that some people check to see if they're still there, because we live in a time when maybe there's pressure to take them off, and it's so great that they're still there, and you never know who you're going to impact. Yeah, I think there's, we have about nine different products that have verses on them, and I've got to add a handful of those in. And then we do have some little secret ones where, like, the, the fry boat, the inflatable raft fry boat, that one even has a verse on the bottom. <laughs> oh, so cool. That's really cool. You know, the it's one thing to put the verses down. I think that that's great. But you also, your faith plays a role in the way you lead in and out. How does servant leadership play uh, among the employees and people working there? It seems like actually a great environment when you go in there to work. Yeah, um, servant leadership is really something that we've been teaching and integrating into, um, you know, our workshops for managers and um, and even our support and just. Um, you know, I believe in visionary leadership, but I also believe that servant leadership is the greatest. Um, because that's what Jesus modeled. And, you know, we're, we're supposed to <laughs> yeah. try to be as much like possible. And I think that, you know, going to um, 
look at yourself as, as someone to lift others up and to help them be even better than you and teach them what you know and teach them, um, you know, that hopefully they can learn from your mistakes or you can help them um, not uh, fall into some other patterns that maybe they've seen or um, so we really teach care, of course, you know, and that's something that comes from the heart, um, not the mind as much, but, um, you know, really taking the time to care for our associates and having them be there for, for others. And, um, and we believe that having a strong team and having a family atmosphere and environment is what one of the things that makes it and out so special. And it's how we can take care of our most important asset, our customers. Well, I think that that shows in the experience and even in, uh, you know, as a customer, what you observe when you go there, I think that is uh, just super, super great. Um, and I thank you for doing that. I think that people, when they uh, recognize that it's a Christian organization, they might wonder what happens in the community. And uh, Sean, you have, um, you operate a couple of the foundations that are a part of in and out Can you tell us about those? Let's start with Army of Love. What's Army of Love? So Army of Love actually isn't a part of in and out but it is our personal ministry that okay. we do have on the side. Um, obviously, you know, there's no line for us uh, with every part of our life. You know, it's basically the same, you know, at work or not at work. And, um, you know, we just, we learned, we live to serve the purpose to basically set people free and um, hopefully disciple and encourage and bring hope to people that are um, just struggling or broken or have been through uh, very traumatic experiences or whatever it is that's um, possibly keeping them, you know, keeping them in bondage or keeping them down. So, um, you know, the ultimate goal is to fulfill the commandment of love in Mark twelve thirty. it says to love God with everything we have. And then to uh, to love everybody, um, I get choked up even just talking about that verse. You know, there's just so much joy and 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 um, that God has brought to my life just from uh, choosing to to follow Him. And so to see somebody else uh, either open their heart up to allowing that to be a part of their life is just um, it's an amazing thing to be able to uh, experience and, and to witness. Um, for for new people, uh, but also for people that have struggled for a while um, to come out of that and to have um, just a joy and a different uh, just a different experience in life than maybe they've had in the past. Yeah, how did uh, Army of Love come to be founded? What led you to uh, you guys to go down this road? So my wife started uh, the ministry in about 2013. She had a vision. Yeah, or 2012. Correct me if I'm wrong, hun. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So she had the vision. Um, nothing basically came out of uh, out of out of the vision for a few years. Um, she was kind of just waiting for God to reveal to her uh, what to do next, and um, she had a, had a vision for an army of love. And so I had, I was in the military myself. I served in the United States army as a cavalry scout. Um, I got out of the military and, um, I was just praying that God would introduce me to somebody that, you know, I could be a provider for and take care of. I wanted a wife, I wanted a family. And so shortly after, um, that prayer, God put Lindsay in my life and, um, you know, it, it was, it was unbelievable, but even a couple of weeks after we had met God, release the 501c3 
uh, for the foundation to go forward. Mm-hmm. And um, we saw that as a sign for from God to start this ministry. Um, we basically took on a, a Bible study that we um, that kind of fell into our lap. Uh, we've been doing that for we've probably been doing that for about eight years. Uh, almost every single uh, every single week. I don't know if we've we've only missed a handful. So, uh, but we just we yeah uh, yeah. Have, do, you have, do you have anything else on? Um, oh, the only thing I'll correct was that the five hundred one c three for Army of Love actually came through. It took longer than um, expected, mm. and it came through um, a week after we got married. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that it's clear that it's something that's uh, very close to your hearts, that this matters a yeah. lot to you personally. And, you know, yeah. the, the, your, the website says the Army of Love. It's armyoflove.com. You can go check it out there. The Army of Love looks, the website says the Army of Love looks to act as an outstretched arm of the body of Christ to embrace people in need of direction, encouragement, prayer, discipleship, healing, training, and freedom. All of those things are huge right now, I think, in the needs that people have in their life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the the impact is uh, tremendous. You're listening to Southern California Live. My guests are Lindsay Snyder Ellingson, owner and president of In and Out Burger, with her husband Sean, who is the co-founder of Slave to the Slave to Nothing Foundation. Let's talk about the Slave to Nothing Foundation, and uh, what's the focus of Slave to Nothing? Uh, so Slave to Nothing uh, was founded in 2016. Sean and I really had um, it on our hearts to since we met to do something to help fight addiction and mm. to, re- to save other addicts. And we've both experienced in our lives. My father um, suffered with addiction. Uh, Sean's brother that passed away, his other brother that is now sober. Um, and then Sean actually struggled um, for a time as well with alcoholism. So I think, um, you know, us really wanting to get behind and, and fight that, um, we knew that we were going to do something. So we started to get that together and then um, really felt God pushing the fight for human trafficking and to use in and out as a platform to bring the awareness and and join that fight as well to prevent human trafficking. So, um, and to rescue people. And, and that's the thing. We both had it in our hearts to just set people free. So whether it's in slave to nothing, whether it's an army of love or just like, we said, you know, in our day-to-day lives, you know, when we meet people, we want freedom for people. We want people to have um, just that freedom in Christ and to know that it's there for everyone. Um, and so, yeah, we started um, that, focusing on both of those um, causes. And even though we were advised not to, you know, you're told, hey, you need to focus on one thing. And we said, well, God told us to do too, so we're doing both of them. So you were advised to do substance abuse and or or just or uh, trafficking, but not both. Yeah, not putting them together. So that's what the two is for in slave to nothing. Is that there's two different things there that we're focusing on. So, um, you know, yeah, and it's been I, great. <laughs> I think that is great. I think you know we're living in a weird time where I think you know we. I think from a a lot of programs out there, they're not really about recovery anymore. They're sort of about, you know, how do you do bad things more safely, which makes no sense. And 
Yeah. You know, I think that this is something, the idea that you're encouraging recovery and you're encouraging the idea of freedom. Um, you know, both of these things are related, actually. There's a lot of drugs involved in the trafficking industry, and, uh, you know, I think they feed into each other. I think the Lord is leading you in a terrific way, doing those two things together. Absolutely. A lot of people listening have family or friends who are um, involved or had experience with uh, trafficking or drug addiction and substance abuse and other things. How does somebody who's hearing this say, I want to get involved? How do you get involved with the Slave to Nothing Foundation? Um, well, they can go um, and visit the slavetonothing.org website. And, um, you know, we have a couple different events each year. And um, we have other uh, community things that we've done um, to to help out different foundations that uh, we're giving to. Um, you know, we have a 5K. We've had a 5K for a few years. and um, But the month of October is um, the Substance Abuse Prevention Month and Awareness. And so um, we have an event every October for Slave to Nothing. Um, and then in January is um, Human Trafficking prevention and awareness. And so that month we also um, have, in both of those months, January and October, we have a can drive in the stores um, where mm. people can donate the donations, um, three to one, up to $250,000. So um, it's any donation during those months, we do that. And, All right. And, um, they, and then you have an event coming up this Saturday. Tell us about uh, this uh, events called Rock to Freedom, and uh, it's coming up on Saturday, the fifteenth. That's this coming Saturday. Uh, tell us about this event. What's going to happen at this event? Why should people go? Yeah, um, well, it, we had a great turnout last year. It was really, really fun, and I think that you know it's a it's somewhat of somber um, cause. You know, it's sad when you're talking about people's lives lost and the the statistics of how many people are affected and all the families that are impacted. And, you know, it's very emotional, but I think that this is the best event where we're able to capture those emotions, feature people's testimonies. We have someone there that's going to be sharing their testimony live. We have videos capturing some others. Um, our band, uh, 48 Special, which is the cover band, will be playing. And we're going to have um, Tommy DiCarlo the singer from Boston perform. Right. So, yeah, so it's really exciting because, um, you know, we're going to be changing lives in one night, you know, with, with everybody's involvement, all the people that go there, we have some live auction. Um, we have some stuff, um, with the VIP, um, purchases, you know, they get some special items. We have, um, lots of fun stuff there throughout the night and, you know, we've we've had a great coffee bar, you know, because this is obviously an event where there's no alcohol served. We've had mm. spectacular coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, between the entertainment and the things that people are able to um, win or buy in the auction, um, and I think, you know, these celebrity appearances that are, that are pretty fun and it's a neat experience, you know, it's unlike... Uh, where you might see them in other places, you know. Right. Well, I think you have, so it's a coffee bar, so you don't have alcohol, but there'll be a coffee bar there. 
See, that, <laughs> that sounds great to me. I think coffee is the brew of the believer. And it's the juice of the joyful. I can go on. I got one for almost every letter of the alphabet. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> and and uh, do you do you both sing in uh, your band? The in and is it the In and Out Band Forty Eight Special? Just your band personally? Yeah, yeah the In and Out Family Band. It is. Yeah. So I sing a little bit. I sing the bass. Sean plays a lot of guitar and sings a little bit, um, but he's really good. <laughs> Everyone wants him to speak more. <laughs> Yeah, we have a great time. That sounds like a great time. This sounds like a great event. I want to reiterate, this is this coming Saturday, and it's a it's a fundraiser. So there's an auction, there's more. The tickets are $100, okay, but at 100%, am I right? 100% of the proceeds from the Rock to Freedom band uh, program go to Slave to Nothing and the mission to free people from being enslaved um, by any person or substance. 100% goes to that, right? Yeah, uh, that's fantastic, and it's this Saturday. And um, any other details, things that people should know? It's at the House of Blues in Anaheim, and you go to slave to nothing dot com or dot org, slave to nothing dot org to get your tickets. Yeah, they can also go to um, events dot in and out dot com slash rock to freedom twenty twenty two, and they can you can get the tickets directly from that. All right, that's events.inandout.com, and then Rock to Freedom 2022. I think if you go to slavetonothing.org and just click on the top left-hand corner, there's a link right to that, too, if you're listening, and uh, you can get yeah. to that. It's slave2, the number 2, slave2nothing.org, and check that out. Hey, um, I hope that that goes well for you on Saturday, uh, way beyond uh, even what you imagine. Uh, it going for on Saturday. It's so important, and so many people right now are impacted personally uh, in these ways. So thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting us talk about it. Yeah, well, anytime. Uh, we'd love to talk about this more uh, the next time you have something coming up, you know, or if there's uh, anything going on, you know, with in and out or Army of Love. We'd love to talk about Army of Love more another time, too. I think that's something that's great for people to connect with. And uh, I want to thank you both for what you are doing. Uh, this is Southern California Live. My guests are Lindsay Snyder Ellingson, owner and president of In-N-Out Burger, and her husband, Sean Ellingson, who is co-founder of the Slave to Nothing Foundation. Um, Lindsay and Sean, thank you for joining me today on Southern California Live. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for all that you're doing. Once again, everybody, go to... Go to slavetonothing.org, that's slave, the number two, nothing.org, and you can get your tickets for uh, the fundraiser that is this weekend. It's $100, 100% of what you give and donate goes to the foundation, and uh, it's at the House of Blues of Anaheim, so it's conveniently located for everybody in Southern California. You can get there, and it's going to be Tommy DiCarlo, singer of Boston, will perform. It's going to be a great event, lots of fun, and a coffee bar. That's uh, that's worth it enough for me uh, to get there. So there's there's something for everybody. I want to encourage you to go. Go to slavetonothing.org. That's the Slave to Nothing Foundation and click on the link up in the upper left-hand side, and you can get your tickets there. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812.
Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I hope that you are doing well. It definitely is a Monday, I'll tell you that. But uh, it's great to be with you. If I'm having a Monday and I get to be with you on Monday, then it's a pretty good day. And so we get to get we get to be together every Monday from three to five. In fact, every weekday from three to five, right here on the station. If you want to call and join the conversation, the number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You can also send an email to SoCal Live at KKLA. Dot com. All right, uh, big story going on in uh, Los Angeles right now, but it is a national story. And if you're paying attention, uh, it is that Los Angeles City Council President Neri Martinez has resigned from her position. She resigned not from the city council, at least last I checked. There's a lot of pressure for her to resign from the city council, and I believe she should. But she resigned from her position as the president of the city council, which I guess you can do. And then you stay on the council and then somebody else fills in interim and then they'll elect somebody else, I think, within the council to do that. Uh, But she did this because she was recorded with other council members who making very racist remarks and uh, all of them are being uh, asked to resign. And that chorus is getting louder. United States Senator Alex Padilla, who is our state senator, one of them, and uh, both mayoral candidates in Los Angeles have called on all of these politicians to resign. So, you know, uh, if you want to call and comment on it, 888-528-2557. I've had some thoughts. What happens is there's recordings. I'm not going to play the recordings. They're just they're just pretty foul. And it is, and I know how behind the scenes conversations happen sometimes differently. I get that. But there are things said in these conversations, and I'll read a couple of things uh, partially to you, that are terrible things to say. Things that are, you know, I don't think are said in a lot of conversations. They're definitely said out there. Um, And this was recorded a year ago. So there's some interesting um, speculation as to why. This suddenly came out now and not a year ago, and it was a conversation where the, the background of it is redistricting, okay, and how the the L.A. City Council districts are drawn and who gets to have what stadium in their district. And if you ever take a look, if you know what how this works in gerrymandering, usually we talk about gerrymandering in the case of a state where whatever party is in power every 10 years and they get to redraw the 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 districts, uh, they do so in really these crooked ways to try to make sure that their party stays in power, right? That's how sometimes the people across the street are in a different congressional district than you, but two streets over, they're back in the same one as you. Uh, that's the same at a city level. The city level gets redistricted also, and Los Angeles looks crazy. It just it makes no sense who is in what district, you know, not in the sense that you would that you would think just as a regular voter would make sense. You know, I would think it would just be, you know, a certain number of cities or different things. No, it's it's drawn all over the place. And there's a conversation about that, um, but it got really mean and nasty. And here's a couple of things I want you to, to think about. I'm going to give you some scripture about this. As, you, as you're hearing this on the news, and it's been national news, right? So it's been on all of the cable stations, and it's been on all of our local news. So wherever you're at listening to this, uh, you're hearing about this today. One of the things I want you to keep in mind is your ballots come today. This is why this this scandal is why we don't just vote R's and D's without figuring out who people are. Can I encourage you? You your ballots are going to come. Don't vote right away. You have plenty of time. You've got a month, almost a month. Yeah, a month. You have a month to actually look into the candidates and especially look into the local candidates. If we can learn something from the covid, it's that our local candidates, those people make huge decisions that impact our lives. They, you know, most of the the issues in the schools that are going on, the school boards are making those decisions. 
the local people are making those decisions about what's in the school libraries and what's being taught at different levels. There's some national stuff with that, but the local stuff is where it's at. That's where you have the power. Issues that we had with the COVID and how California did things differently than other states. It's all local. Okay. And it's not just R's and D's. You never know. You know, you might have an idea. I mean, generally speaking, Democrats are going to vote a certain way and Republicans are going to vote another way. Um, But it's not always the case. And what we're seeing here, and I'll read a couple of things in a second, is a result of what's called identity politics. Identity politics is something that has taken over our culture in our political culture. And it's dividing people by whatever identity you can divide them by. Okay, race is the big one. And that is what this conversation is about. When you're, when you're listening to these recordings, you can get them at latimes.com. You can get them all over the place. You're probably hearing them on the news. As you hear these things, everyone on the Los Angeles City Council is a Democrat, except for one independent. There are zero Republicans, okay? And I point that out to, to say this. This is not left against right. This is all left. And this is the result of identity politics. It's a tendency for people of a particular religion or race or social background, this is what identity politics is, to form exclusive political alliances moving away from what used to be broad-based party politics, right, is that what's happening in identity politics is we take people who have a certain point of view or a certain uh, ethnic background or whatever it is, and we try to say you have to vote a certain way or you have to have these certain beliefs in order to have – and these beliefs that this group of people have are wrong and this belief that this group of people has a right, and it's it's a disaster, and it – It's not about letting people think for themselves. It's not about letting voters actually make decisions for themselves, for what is best for the community that they're in. And it's a scary thing that this has taken over. I think it it dissolves power of, of different groups as people are just divided up and divided up ultimately against each other. And it's a tool that's being used by powerful people to stay in power. And you hear this in these conversations. It's about redistricting and how to stay in power and how to make sure that this group of people doesn't have too much power if we drew the lines this way. And how if we draw the lines this way and take this group of jobs or this stadium out of this person's district, then this other group of people, which in this conversation has to do with race, isn't going to have uh, the, the power or they're going to be able to keep the power. It's It's disgusting. But this is where things have have gotten. And this is local, right? This isn't national. This is right here. And this this kind of thing is happening in in cities all across the nation. So what happened is, in what they thought was a private conversation, excuse me, some of the most powerful people in Los Angeles politics gathered together to discuss the redistricting process that happens every decade, okay? Every 10 years, there's the, the census. They come to your, and this is why it's important to fill out that census stuff. You should remember this in 2030. Because it allows your voice kind of to be heard. And the council president, Nuri Martinez, and council members Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon and Los Angeles County Federation of Labor President Ron Herrera, they were all present. And in this conversation that was dealing with their frustration with the maps that were proposed by the city's uh, 21-member redistricting commission, it included very serious racist remarks, crude comments, and I'm not talking about racist remarks that is sort of the woke version where if you don't agree with what I'm saying, you're a racist. All right, I'm talking about very distinct racist, terrible comments that are racist from any persuasion, okay, that is is not sort of a political racism. 
that is coming from uh, some academia. It's terrible things that were said. And all of it is in the context of people keeping their political power. They all ought to quit. Every one of them ought to resign. That's my my personal opinion. So Martinez and the other uh, leaders present taped this, were taped in this conversation. We still don't know who did that. And they called Councilman Mike Bonin's son, who is black uh, like a monkey. Uh, they talked about uh, how District Attorney George Gascon is a friend of the blacks. And so blank that guy. And it's there's a lot of laughter. There's tacit agreement. And some might say, and uh, the hypocrisy is full on display for a bunch of woke people. This kind of conversation, it comes from the heart. Have you been in a conversation like this that suddenly gets you know, off the rails where you feel like you got to, hopefully you're not participating in it, where you feel like you got to say something and say, hey, none of this is okay. None of that conversation is okay. And I don't, I don't agree with the off the record thing. You, know, you have to be able to speak freely, right? I believe that the people getting together, they can make comments and they can joke about things. But there are things said here that are really terrible. That I don't think it's said if it's not in your heart. And I think that's the biblical thought that I have behind this. As I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this is the conversation. This is a conversation that comes from the heart. It's not a one-off. It's not something that somebody said because they were just mad one day. You know, it's like, you know, if you hit your thumb with a hammer and you say a bunch of curse words around your kid, uh, you feel bad. And if you never really curse that often, now you feel worse that you said it around your kids. Um, but it's not really, you know, it's, it's in your heart, but it's in your heart because you hit your thumb with the hammer and you can apologize to your kids. And I think people understand that. This isn't like that. What's going on in this city in Los Angeles, but also I think in cities across the nation, actually, behind closed doors, is this same conversation. And it really is about keeping power and dividing people. When we come back, I'll read from you Uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, what Jesus has to say about this. I think it's a good lesson for all of us about the things that come out of our mouth, that it's part of our heart, that the the mouth is like going in. It's like it's got a bucket into your heart, and it pulls things up. And what comes out of our mouth expresses what we're about. And it doesn't mean there's not grace or, or forgiveness or change. I fully believe that as a believer, The Holy Spirit comes upon you to change what's in your heart. I think it's supernatural that we really can change. But as you hear these things that are going on in the news, you got to be thinking about this, that what's in people's heart eventually comes out their mouth. And that applies to these people, but it also applies to you and me and the things that we say, and especially the things I think that we say in private or that we think are in private. That is what is really in, in our heart. We'll talk about that when we get back, and we'll take your calls. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back to Southern California Live. You can join our conversation by calling right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We were talking about the controversy in the L.A. City Council right now with uh, recordings that came out that were done about a year ago 
uh, of city council members really making some terrible racist comments um, about uh, each other and uh, other people. And it just was a it's a terrible conversation. And if you're hearing it on the news, it's made national news. It's been on all the cable stations and everywhere else. And uh, there is resignations uh, expected, I think. Uh, I think you pretty much have to if you're going to say. And I'm, these are things, as I mentioned before, they're not, you know, racist comments because some academic decided that something that wasn't racist yesterday is racist today. And now these people are in trouble. These are terrible, terrible comments happening. And a big part of it is identity politics and the power uh, that people want to hold on to, the power of all of that. And I remind you of that because the election's coming and we got to pay attention, not just to the R's and D's after the name, but who are these people? Jesus talks about this. And at the end of the day, this kind of conversation that you're hearing, this is maybe the spiritual lesson I'd like you to get from it. This is what I've been thinking about. It comes from the heart. These things being said, they're not a one-off. They're not things that people just suddenly say. Like, you do, ever, do you ever go into your garage and you decide, uh, I, I don't need to turn the light on. I know where everything is. And the next thing you know, you hit your toe on something and your toe sends a message to your brain that sends a message to your mouth to say a dirty word you've never said or that you don't say that often. It's not like that. This is something that's harbored. Not that everything coming out of the mouth, we're going to learn in a second, is something in your heart. But these things are things that are harbored. Okay. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 15. When you're studying the Bible and you study the life of Jesus, you have this group of people called Pharisees. If you're unfamiliar with the Bible, the Pharisees were were the teachers of the the, the law. They were the uh, they were uh, the spiritual leaders of the day. Okay, you have Pharisees and Sadducees and different people, different groups who were in authority, spiritual authority. They were opposed to the teachings of Jesus in a big way. They were opposed to the teachings of Jesus really because Jesus is going to take away their power. If he's the Messiah and people are going to worship Jesus and if he's going to fulfill the law that they're teaching, then they're no longer going to have the followers they have before. They were unable to adapt because in their heart of hearts, they enjoyed the power. It's a, it's a longer sermon that, but Jesus often is interacting with them. And here in Matthew chapter 15, He calls them hypocrites. He says, you hypocrites, verse 7. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. See, Jesus is calling them out on what's in their heart. That's a great thing about, you know, the Lord. He knows what's in the heart. Jesus knows what's in your heart. You can't fool him. He knows what's in the heart of these people on the council. And, you know, what we hope is that this is something that brings them to confession of Christ and and true repentance. I don't know where they are in their, their faith or their spiritual background. Certainly what they were talking about is not Christian, the words that they were using. I don't know that they're Christians or not. You know, Jesus knows, but he knows why they're saying it. And I think that this comes out of the heart. What we hope is that it leads to repentance. And throughout the scriptures, you know, if you're somebody who's said a bunch of similar things or you've been a part of those conversations, I'm sure that some of you have before in different times. There is forgiveness, but you got to give it to Christ. You got to let him change you. After this in Matthew, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. And this is what really is the heart of the matter, I think. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. I mean, these people are defiled because of what came out of their mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? People got offended back then. You know, people who were, 
people who are offended, sometimes there's a reason to be offended. Like if you're on the receiving end of these comments, you have a reason to be offended. But often people are just offended because you've called them out, right? That's a defense that we use today all the time. Oh, I'm offended. Okay, well, be offended. Sometimes you got to be offended. Um, what these people said was offensive. Jesus is calling out the Pharisees for saying something defensive. And the disciples come to Jesus, do you know that the Pharisees were offended? And he replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. And Peter said, explain this parable to us. And then Jesus, Jesus is getting a little irritated here, I think, with them in a, in a godly way. Um, I think because they were worried about the Pharisees being offended. Uh, and Jesus says, are you so dull? Jesus asked them. And then he said this, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, slander, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. There was a conversation earlier about, you know, not washing your hands. We probably have that. I saw this video today of some somebody going crazy on a kid selling lemonade because the kids weren't washing their hands before they, you know, stirred the lemonade. And, you know, it's just like you, you're missing the whole point of what this kid is doing and what's really happened here. If it bothers you, don't buy the lemonade from the kid. And the lady stole the kid's money. It was crazy. These things are in the heart. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Those are words. Those are things that, that begin in our heart. And this is what matters, what's in our heart. It really defines who we are. As we come into this political season, we all have to get back to this. Yes, policy matters. And how you vote, policy matters. You know, the reason, if you don't like what's happening in our state or wherever you might be living, you know, it's because probably a series of different people have been elected who support the same policies and those policies don't work. We've talked about how on our program how the homeless policies in California are not working. Why do we keep doing it? And so policy does matter when you vote, but also character matters. It just does. And bad character, I promise you this is true in politics everywhere since there's been politics. And I'm talking about not just, you know, elections. I'm talking about your office, your church politics, your politics in your family dynamic, whatever it is. Bad character either leads to bad policy or it leads to the failures of good policy. Bad character either leads to bad policy or it leads to the failures of good policy. Both matters. There's debate going on across the country in different elections, and I follow all of this stuff. I kind of keep track of what's happening. It's a hobby, really, of mine. But a lot of it has to do with, you know, who do you vote for when both people running have bad character. Well, you vote for the policy. That's how, and Maybe you do. Maybe that's your only choice, okay? But you know what? Here's the thing is that you might be voting for a policy, but if the person who is upholding that policy is not a person of character, of good character, is not a humble person, is not somebody who would admit, you know, when they are wrong and do the right thing, maybe on something even completely unrelated to that policy, that policy is hindered from taking effect because that person either will not get elected 
or they'll get elected and they'll be embroiled in some kind of personal scandal that keeps them from doing their job, or they won't get reelected when, for the policy's sake, they ought to get reelected. We have this going on everywhere. At some point in our country, we, we dropped the idea that character matters. Our wallets seem to matter more. We got to get back to character. You know why? Because what's coming out, it's a reflection of what's in the heart. And, you know, and I think that for, for Christians, you know, what I find is that whenever Christians have character problems, you know, there's, there's forgiveness, there's grace. You, you go to heaven, you have eternal life. All of that's there. You're not going to lose your salvation um, because you sin. But if you're not giving your life to Christ, if you're not saying, God, change me, if you aren't trying to be a disciple of Christ and make disciples of Christ, which means your life is going to change, your character is going to get better, you're going to become more humble, you know, you're going to get sidelined, sidelined from ministry sidelined from different things. In this case, what we're seeing here is politicians who are going to have to lose their job. Hopefully, they need to. The mistake is going to be if we just elect people who have the same character flaws and um, you know, the same bad policy, bad character, whatever it is, that's what we keep doing, right? Same, same person, different face and name. That has to end. But character matters. Christians need to get back to that. Nobody is perfect. All of us sin. But there is a humility that a person can have, even in leadership, wherever that leadership is, a humility to say, I'm not perfect, but also a person who says, you know, I have these things in my heart. I shouldn't be in leadership right now until they're resolved. That's the problem we have a lot in our politics right now is that people, I think, who are humble about their sins feel like they can't run because they're going to get torn apart for it. The arrogant often take power and they do whatever they can to keep power until something like this happens and they get exposed and that just hurts everybody. And it's a character thing. Get to know the people on your ballot. Would you do that? We'll give you some help with that as much as we can, but don't just go by the R's and D's. When you get your ballot in the mail, figure out, and not just policy. You got to vote for policy. I'm all for that. You know, you got to vote for policy. Sometimes you don't know the difference. You got to make a choice over who you think is going to have a better policy. I get it. And whether you call it lesser of two evils or whatever we say. But if you're saying to yourself the lesser of two evils, then there's a good chance that whatever policy you're hoping for isn't going to happen because you got two evils either way. This is something that Jesus is teaching us. How's your heart? How are you doing? What's deep down in your heart that needs to get flushed out? Can you, can you pray like the psalmist did? Cleanse my heart, O oh God. Look deep into my, my heart and get rid of of my evil thoughts, the murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, the things that defile a person according to Jesus. Take those things out of my heart so they don't come out of my mouth, so I don't do them. Pray that prayer if you're struggling. And you know what? The Lord answers that prayer because that's what he wants to do to develop you to be like Jesus. All right, just some thoughts on the news. In a few minutes, we've got Dr. Hugh Ross is going to be with us. We're going to answer the question and get into, hey, with hurricanes and bad weather and that kind of stuff, What's God's role in that? Is God punishing Florida? Is God punishing parts of the world where these things happen? How do we look at that from a scriptural way? We'll talk about that with Dr. Hugh Ross. As soon as we get back on Southern California Live, I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. 